Welcome to episode six of Darling So It Goes. I'm Pascal. And I'm Dee. And today we're talking about empathy, compassion, and holding space. This was a listener request this week for this topic. So if any of you have any other topics you would like us to focus on, just shoot us an email or message us on social media and we'll fit it in. So empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another person. Um, It can be both innate and it can be learned behavior. So it's kind of walks the line between nature versus nurture. Um, I think that some souls are just born empathetic Mm. and some souls learn it on their journey based on their parents' teaching, maybe their religious upbringing, and maybe um, circumstances they've gone through that now can let them feel what someone else is feeling. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so... I I think you can have a child who is... just gets it and and feels for others, and um, it's almost like those... Sometimes those middle child children act that way because... I don't know, maybe because they're forced to be in the middle. That might be learned. But um, then you have some of those kids that are, just from experience, have a harder time understanding others. They're very into their self, and you have to over and over and over teach them. But they do get it. And it's not that I think you can overpower what you are born with. So Mm -hmm. I think that's important for people to understand is that I, I don't think that anybody is not able to move forward yeah you know what I mean in in compassion and empathy so I just want to leave that there (laughs) (laughs) well it's actually kind of a big topic this empathy topic um as I was researching um I just was surprised at how much research has been done on this topic um and so uh, we're just going to break it down a little bit for you um there are actually three types of empathy and the first type is cognitive empathy so it's basically exactly what it sounds like it is it's knowing how a person feels or what they might be thinking daniel gordon author of emotional intelligence actually calls cognitive empathy perspective taking which I think makes sense because that's really what you're doing is you're just trying to mentally see a situation from someone else's perspective. Yeah. 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 I agree. The uses of cognitive empathy are for motivating people, understanding someone else's perspective on an issue. Um, and you use your mind to observe and you also use your imagination And that plays more into um, imagining what someone might be feeling just by what you're observing, their behavior. Oh, like role-playing of what they would, what they're feeling? Yeah, kind of like that. Like, if you're sitting here telling me a story Mm -hmm. and I'm imagining it in my mind as you're telling it, then I might infer what I think you did next. Or Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of, you know, the way when you're teaching children and you're trying to get them to understand somebody else's point of view, you role play with them. You have them be that person and how that person is responding. And sometimes they, once they walk through it, it's almost like they understand how, 
how it goes like they could because they're not able to imagine it as well right but it's almost like if you put them in that position and give them a little bit of a script it walks them through how to imagine that must be that teaching part of maybe that's why that imagination is in there yeah like it makes sense that that's whole all part of empathy if that would be such a good tool because their minds just aren't developed yet mm-hmm. to have that peace yeah that makes a lot of sense well the other part about um, the imagination is that there is some talk that I was reading that they people are wondering if you know, people say that they can read your mind. Yeah, yeah. And it's more a question of can they read your mind? Maybe some of them can, but maybe some of them are just watching what you're doing, listening to what you're saying. Oh, and empathizing and, so much. And empathizing so much, exactly, with wow. the cognitive empathy that wow. they're imagining and they can put yourself in your position, put themselves in your position. Interesting. Yeah, so. Maybe it's mind reading. Maybe it's cognitive empathy. Yeah. But, I mean, I think a great use for this, like we had said, would be motivating people. So um, in a job situation, your boss could use cognitive empathy to really get, you know, coworkers. Yep. Training or um, maybe if there's a problem between two workers or two departments or something to get the other to understand what it's like. Yeah, for teamwork. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe team building. Yeah, true. So, I mean, I feel like that's definitely, cognitive empathy is definitely worth doing some more research on. Um, If it's something, if you're a leader in your department, if you are a boss at your job, if you're the head of anything, it's definitely worth looking into um, just for motivation and understanding someone else's perspective Mm. and that's cognitive um empathy that's right so it's very structured very in the real world kind of we're not talking about it leads from the mind Mm. so cognitive if you think about cognitive you're thinking about your brain Mm -hmm. um so the empathy that comes from that is from your mind okay i think we should hear a word from our sponsor so we were just discussing that um, in our little break about, I said, okay, so now that this is cognitive empathy and this is the structured one that you use in business, et cetera, that I was like, you know what? It, it, it just, I think there's more than that. And that, you know, when you were like, yeah, it's that emo- emotional empathy part. But it, I think even more testament to that is the the fact that in business the things that are changing I think is because we don't believe that there's this cognitive empathy anymore it's not just that it's this business is is different like even though I think it's not working because there's something missing and that missing part might be that emotional empathy that um uh, intuition, that compassion that we're holding space for people. And it's more of a spiritual component of it that is moving into business. And, but we don't, we can't say it's spiritual because that's not a good word, especially with the climate of the world we live in very, being very PC and keeping separated from mm-hmm. all these things, but you, you can have it in its place and you, and people can choose to do it differently. Absolutely. And I think that moving forward, 
this was definitely a year of reflection for people. Everyone's jobs were shaken up in mm-hmm. the snow globe, to say. Yeah. And people started working from home if they could. And work just looks different now than it used to look. So I wonder how many people are not going to go back Mm -hmm. into the office for the daily grind. How many people are going to keep this shift Mm -hmm. that's taken place. And honestly, I feel like if you're getting the job done, it shouldn't matter where you're, what's the scenery around you. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And to that effect, you need to feel good about... If you're feeling even better and you're getting more done, I think there is that component, once again, of that connection. Because when you're at home, I know it stinks to do your work at home, but if you are in a place you love, you're in a place that's vibrating well, then it's okay. You've you've managed around it. Um, the kids will be going back to school or they're they're going to find a place where they're going to be able to have their own place. And you can do your business. And that is the, I think that's what people are realizing. They're missing that homey, spiritual, I couldn't just say spiritual, connectedness. That's the word. Connectedness is a great word because that covers all aspects. Yes. And the connectedness to our coworkers as people, not as uh, the person I'm trying to get ahead of. Yep. You need to remember that we are all people. And that we're just trying to get this job done for somebody to help someone else out. Whether it's like a manufacturer that you're working from home trying to make sure a part gets delivered uh, to work on a particular maybe um, job project. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this person needs it. You're willing to do it a little bit more sometimes um, and working at different hours. I know that stinks, but, you know... If everybody's understanding that they're all in the same position, those people know, yeah, I don't want to be contacted at night either, so I'm going to just try not to contact that person. And do it from from a compassionate standpoint instead of saying, oh, no, we're closed from 9 to 5. I'm not going to contact them because they're closed from, they're, no, they're closed from 5 to 7 a.m. in the morning, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to contact them between that time. Instead, it makes them, it forces them to think, how would I feel? If somebody else contacted me at that uh, at night, right. I wouldn't like it. That's right. So, yeah, and I think that this would be a great time in the world where it is right now to take a look at cognitive empathy and really just put, try to put yourself in someone else's shoes and how would I feel and how can I make it better? How can I mm-hmm. make my coworkers, my friends, my whomever feel better and have more of an understanding of one another Mm -hmm. so you can work more cohesively together. Yes, right. If that makes sense. Yeah. So the second type of empathy is emotional empathy. And going back to Daniel Gorman, he says in his book, when you feel physically along with the other person as though their emotions were contagious, that is emotional empathy. So if you are having a conversation with a friend and your friend is crying because your friend is so upset about something that just happened and you feel that in your heart, in your soul, Mm. that's emotional empathy. Yeah. So um, emotional empathy, actually, I thought this was fascinating. Um, What they're finding is in your brain, it uses something called mirror neurons 
And what that is, is brain cells that respond the same way if you were... Actually ha happening to, to you. Exactly. If oh, you're wow. watching it or if it's actually happening to you. Wow. So say I was watching my son run a race and, you know, halfway through the race, he looks... His face is red and I can tell that he's breathing hard and I can see that he's sweating inside emotionally. I'm going to start to feel that way for him. And you're going to get that, that like, not a cringe, but just like a, oh, he looks so hot and tired already kind of a feeling. Um, and when he crosses that finish line, he's going to feel proud. He's going to feel relief. He's going to feel exhilarated. And I would feel all those things for him at the same time too. And that is mirror, mirror neurons at okay, play. Okay. I lost my train of thought there for a second. I lost the word. It's okay. But that's emotional empathy is... I felt that. Yeah, see? She felt <laughs> terrible for those. me that I'm not dragging my words. Um, yeah, so I feel those things in the same way that he feels those things yeah. as if I just ran the race as well. Yeah, that makes, I mean, that makes sense because we were talking about that with um, learning when you're practicing visualization of playing a piano and then you're not actually playing the piano, but then somebody else who's actually playing the piano, they learn it, learn the piano the same. Isn't that insane? I know. It's going to be the same neurons, like mirror neurons. It's, it's, you, you learn the emotional component of it too. Yeah. You know? So it's like... You know what it makes me think of is The Queen's Gambit. Have you watched that yet? I haven't yet? watched that yet. Everybody's talking about that at work, too. It was really good. But that's what she does is she lays in bed at night and she pictures the chessboard um, up on the ceiling. And so she goes through all the chess moves of a game that she just played and lost. And she can figure out how she's going to win it. Um I didn't oh, give any see. spoiler alerts there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you'll see it. But <laughs> the only caveat to that is that she had to take drugs to be able to do oh, that. Oh, that's what I heard. So, yeah, we're, we're not um, encouraging anyone to take drugs. But that's what I was picturing when that oh, was my God. cognitive empathy when you were talking about that. <laughs> but oh. emotional empathy kind of goes along with cognitive empathy with... Um, reading someone's mind. Yeah. Right? Because not only are you listening to what they're saying and you're picturing it in your mind, mm -hmm. but you're feeling how they're saying they feel or how they're portraying that they feel. And so it's almost like you can read their mind. Well, I, I know, but I still think there's something like the empathy is somehow connected, you know, cause we are doing a spiritual podcast. Um, the empathy is somehow connected to our abilities that are going to move um, us forward. You know what I mean? The more we go within, the more we become empathetic, the more we become compassionate. I think there's just our, our if our neurons and our cells are responding to this and, and we're doing this work of trying to uh, learn how to be more compassionate, even if we don't innately have it. Every, every everybody is along this path. We're going to be able to have unbelievable abilities. Just think, just if we're able to read somebody's mind, I mean, 
if having empathy and compassion, whether we know the reasoning behind, the scientific reason behind why we are getting that, mm -hmm. it seems like that would just come with the program. Do you know what I mean? Like I, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, wow, empathy, compassion, if we're working on these and we're getting better and better at it, we're going to be able to be one step ahead with everyone and understanding where they're at. And like, I don't know, it could be an amazing opportunity. It feels like to me and a lot of other people I've spoken to that the world is, the universe is starting to have one giant awakening. Yeah, I feel like so many people are awakening mm -hmm. and coming to this place where they're understanding more spiritually and mm. universally. Perfectly said, which I was trying to say, that's exactly what. Yeah. yeah. And so, oh, that's funny because remember when I was doing a card, the first one that flipped over was Awakening. Yeah. And then we were like, no, we've already done this card before. Yeah. Like, I so feel we like we don't want to do it again. Well, maybe we were supposed to do <laughs> it again. Know. Oh, I know. Oh, maybe yeah. that was our sign that that's why empathy and compassion the listener mentioned it. Yes, because it goes right along with what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but I do feel that there's a spiritual shift. I feel like more people are awakening to, you know, not only spiritual gifts, because well, not everybody wants, quote unquote, spiritual gifts of right. what you think about, like um, mediumship. And right. it, everybody doesn't want that. And right. that's fine. But I think this piece of putting yourself in someone else's shoes. And mm -hmm. I think we just have gone through a really hard yeah. few years mm -hmm. as a society, as a world, yes. as a universe, um, between people, um, the environment, mm -hmm. the earth itself. Mm -hmm. You know, so much is floating around in our atmosphere now yeah. um, that I think that... This matrix we're forced to be in. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you crazy. always use that word matrix. And that's yeah. true though. I yeah. mean, that's really how it feels. Yeah. And I think we're starting to understand that there's supposed to be more to life than the hamster wheel. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to, even though we did put the card back, this is a perfect time since I think we shouldn't have put the card I back think, yeah. to just read you what the awakening girl. card um, says. It's my soul coaching Oracle cards deck and it's by Denise Lynn. And the awakening card meaning is it's time to wake up, step out of your routine and notice what's truly occurring around you. Don't be lulled into complacency. Awaken your potential and power. Move, shake, and take action. You're opening to your spiritual path. And then it says your soul wants you to know. The forces of the universe are propelling you in the direction of your destiny. You're awakening to your higher self and spiritual vibrations. This card appears when you're ready to be aware and notice things as they really are. Take off your blinders. See what's important in your life. Search for the essence of what's true, authentic, and real. Okay, so yeah, I think that is exactly point on, mm -hmm. on point. Um, because I think the hamster wheel isn't re isn't real. No. I think the hamster wheel is beneficial to some, not to all. But we're not here to be on the hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. We're here to learn from one another, to help one another, to 
um, develop love and peace and empathy and kindness. Mm -hmm. And that's, we have to be to a certain point in the hamster wheel because that's just how our society is. But I don't think that needs to be our sole focus. As it said in the description, we do need to move and shake things up a bit. And I think in the last few years, the snow globe has been shaken. Mm -hmm. And I think the definition of the hamster wheel is going to change. Mm -hmm. And it's going to start looking different. And you need to be open. And this is what I'm seeing, is you need to be open to the fact that it can be different. There are different ways. It's like that person who pokes that ceiling, that glass ceiling, and everybody's... or, or breaks that four minute mile. And then once one person breaks four minute mile, then everybody else starts to break it. Because they believe they can. Exactly, because they saw one person do it. Mm-hmm. So, and and I'm gonna give an example of a friend of mine. She um, had not necessarily been open to, she had hurt her back and she had not been open to um, acupuncture or anything like mm. that. Alternative um, healing. Alternative healing. and. So one doctor had said, well, you know what, you're probably going to have to have back surgery eventually, but, you know, I want you to try it out. And otherwise, you're going to be on pain medication. So, and in this society, honestly, these are not cure-alls. You know, there are repercussions to being on medications daily. There Mm -hmm. are repercussions, pain medications daily. They're they're not, and there are repercussions. I mean, surgery isn't even, they'll tell you it doesn't always work. It could lead to more surgeries down the line. Mm-hmm. I mean, so what do you have to lose? And this person wouldn't necessarily be open to um, alternative therapies. And they finally decided, okay, I'm going to go to this this person. They went to this person. This person had opened up this whole different way of manipulating their body. Like it was um, acupuncture. And I secretly think this person had has energy medicine but didn't mention anything to this person. Oh, okay. As she, she was going down um, her body, and I was like, because she was explaining to me, she goes, oh, I just felt great. I'm going to go again. And, you know, she spent so much time with me, like three hours. And she's like, nope, you, you need to clear yourself. You know, you have a lot of, you know, toxins and whatever. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. I said, I, I would have never thought you would have been open to this. And she's like, no, I normally wouldn't have been, but it, it, you could see where it, re, it was reverberating in her family because her family was, was just so happy. She was in such a good place and they were like, wow, she's been, you know, not in very good mood because of this back for so long. And then she was going, she, she, this is actually her second, um, she had had her second session and she started to change her eating habits and because the woman talked to her too changing her eating habits and also changing what she was drinking she was drinking these this um something that was alkaline and mm. started teaching her about alkaline acidity acidic foods and you could just feel the energy off this person was different and i was like that is what is happening that's what it's hap- that's what's happening and i said and that is an example of like um just by being empathetic to the fact that oh this is not working for me um, just try something different, you know, just open up and maybe it could work because science, just an art, just like everything else, just because somebody has so many degrees behind them does not make them the person that tells you everything you need to know 
and it doesn't make you responsible to do your own research for yourself. If you feel like you that connection within your, your yourself that this isn't right, it's probably not right. And this is what we're talking about is reconnecting within yourself so therefore you can make a better life around you. And I think you just raised an excellent point is that empathy is fantastic when you're with other people, but you have to also have empathy for yourself. Mm. And you have to, it's hard sometimes to sit and feel your own feels, Yes, but you have to sit in that space with only yourself mm -hmm. and feel those feelings and work through those feelings. Like you almost have to walk through the fire mm. to get through to the other side and have a shift. It's almost like sometimes crying, like crying for no reason. Like sometimes in a, like, sometimes if I'm sitting in the car and I'm like, oh my God, I feel crappy. And then I'm like started thinking about something and I'm like, I'm like, you know, what? I think I just got to cry. And I just, and then because I could feel it like, uh, like it's behind mm -hmm. me, but I feel like because of my upbringing, I don't really cry as much as I should. And I was like, you know what? I'll just, I feel like I'm holding it back and I just, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to cry. And then I feel 10 times better and just, and it may be in, in inappropriate areas, but I think sometimes we need to listen and feel that, that feeling and mm -hmm. s really see where that feeling is. And if it means you have to cry it out and you, you don't, your judgment on yourself is that you don't want to, you, you're going to have to do it. I said, because your body's trying to teach you that, that you got to feel the feels. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I agree a hundred thousand percent also you know as you were saying that I was picturing in my mind what you were saying and you do have to as an empath if you exhibit empathy towards other people you're considered an empath if you really feel the feelings from other people and as an empath you do need to shield yourself from that mm. you have to protect yourself so you can be empathetic towards someone else but you also have to not own their stuff. Yes, right. So, I mean, therapy is a fantastic yeah. place to go and just purge all mm -hmm. of that. Cry if you need to, but just get it all out. But just like you were saying, driving in the car, that is so therapeutic. Mm -hmm. I was going through something big a couple of years ago and being in the car alone was the only time I had alone mm. to work through it by myself. Yep. So I would get in the car to drive to the grocery store and I would just start crying. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I mean, it was a loud cry, but I didn't even care because cares, yeah. I just let it all out yep. because I was alone and mm -hmm. it was just a good space for me, a safe space mm -hmm. where I could just do that and I could just purge yeah. all of that that needed to be purged. Because otherwise it's going to purge inappropriately. That's right. And it's going to purge on somebody or somebody because we all think that because we don't feel our feels, we're going to keep everything back and everybody thinks that we're perfect on the outside. It ends up coming out in passive aggressiveness. It ends up coming out in meanness to others. It. I see it all the time amongst women, mm -hmm. like so, so much ancient or childhood trauma or issues around women. Mm -hmm. I see them be so passive aggressive to each other when they should just be crying. Yes. They should be crying. 
And they could be crying together. They could be crying together and say, you know what? I'm really upset because I f this happened to me when I was a kid and I felt so awful when somebody treated me like this. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I feel myself crying now just because I can feel that off of people. Right. And I feel that off of women and I see women so mean to each other sometimes and the drama that I see and I'm like, oh my God, if we could just see what really is wrong. We're the experts at hiding. We think men are actually the experts at hiding. We are the epitome. We get a gold star for how we hide our feelings so everybody else is okay, yet we end up showing it somewhere else amongst our friends by being passive aggressive. And then you realize that it has nothing to do with you. Right. This might be something that's going on that she should have cried about, which makes no sense at all. Right, right. You know? It doesn't make any sense, but it makes perfect sense at the same time mm -hmm. because you hold all of that inside of you and it's you can only fit so much in there mm -hmm. before you're completely full of just negativity and sadness and fear and anger mm -hmm. that it has to at some point bubble to the surface. Yeah. It's just like having anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you get anxious and so your body creates cortisol and at some point all of that has to go somewhere. So mm -hmm. if you're not exercising and you're not letting it out, mm -hmm. then you're going to be shopping or you're going to be at someone's house and you're going to have an anxiety attack, mm -hmm. which feels like out of nowhere, yeah. but it's just because you're just bubbled up so high yeah. that at a certain point, it's got to yeah. bubble over. Yep. And it, or it's, or something in that environment triggered it and you, you will never know what it is because you don't even remember some people some people don't even they block the memory right but there's something in that environment that triggered it and then it's and it's meant to say you need to release it that is your cue that if you're feeling that feeling feel it move on i feel like we kind of got a little bit off on oh tangent, yeah yeah true which is okay because that's yeah, yeah. what darling so it goes that's, that's what, what we, we do. do when i walks into our <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do want to move on because we have a little more to cover, but, um, the third part of empathy, the third type of empathy is compassionate empathy, mm. um, which I'll be honest with you. I didn't even realize that I thought they were two separate things, compassion and empathy. Yeah, me too. Well, apparently they're not, um, technically they're the same they're just a different type of empathy. So Daniel Gorman in his book says, with this kind of empathy, which is compassionate empathy, we not only understand a person's predicament and feel with them, but are spontaneously moved to help if needed. So the difference is with empathy, emotional empathy, you feel the feels, right? Oh. So let's go back with cognitive empathy it's in your mind. Okay. So you're thinking about what you're seeing. You're thinking about how they must be feeling. Okay. That's your brain. With emotional empathy, it's in your heart. It's in your soul. You feel the feels of that other person. Okay. Um, compassionate empathy goes one step forward, connects the brain oh. and the heart, which I thought was heart interesting. Heart coherence. Heart coherence we talked about last week. Wow. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. Um, but connects the brain and the heart and moves you 
to actually help the person. So you don't just feel the feels and think about the feels, you do something about it. And that's the compassionate empathy. Well, that links to, in case nobody has seen last um, uh, episode that we did, it was on manifesting and we were talking about Joe Dispenza and he talks about heart coherence and in order to have heart coherence, so this sounds a little, um, so you can understand what we're talking about now, is that in heart coherence, the mind and the heart have to be, um, the mind through meditation gets down to these gamma waves. The heart then, once it hits to that point, gets stimulated and um, produces this oxytocin in the brain, which helps to uh, produce this endothelial relaxing factor that opens up the heart and the lungs arteries. So it's almost like you're getting this response from both the mind and the body and when you're in that state you can manifest quicker and um more boldly so it's funny that she mentions this compassionate empathy because you can do something about helping someone more because you marry the mind and the heart that's right so isn't that interesting yeah i think that's really neat it's all tied together yeah it's all a web Honestly, yeah, that's how it feels to me. But so a great example is think about if your parent is sick. Um, So you use your cognitive empathy to figure out what they need. You listen to what they're saying. You think about it like, oh, what can I do? Um, But you don't stop there. You turn your thoughts into action. So your parent is sick. You think about what they might need. You listen to them. You feel empathetic inside of your heart the way that they must be feeling. And then you think, what can I do to help? Mm. So you turn that into action. So now you've had cognitive, emotional, and compassionate empathy Mm. all in one. Which makes it more balanced, too. Because Mm -hmm. they do say when you you do use more um, your emotional component... I mean, isn't there other things about behind psychology that you're taking, you're not as balanced, like it can be overly, what's the opposite of um, being, helping someone too much? You know what I mean? Not doing enough? Um, Or like if you, this is another way I say it, if you're helping someone too much, you're taking away from what you need as well. To be able to be the life raft. So this goes back to the airplane and putting on your oxygen mask first. Yes. Because if you don't take care of yourself first, you're going to be no good for other people. Right. Yeah. And it's almost like that. Like if you don't marry the fact that you have to remember to do the things you need to do to stay as a full person, to have your your cup full so you can help somebody if they need need water. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... This goes back to protecting yourself, Mm -hmm. grounding your own energy, which we've talked about in previous podcasts about, um, you know, closing your eyes and taking a few deep breaths and imagine roots growing out from the bottom of your feet into the earth. And the more you breathe, the deeper the roots grow. And that is what grounds you. Mm -hmm. And it keeps you... Have you ever gotten so upset that you feel dizzy? Mm. Um... That happens to me, and if that has ever happened to any of you, that's the feeling of, I need to be grounded. Yeah, okay. Or if you... That would be me. 
Yes, where your mind's racing and you can't focus on just one thing because you have so many things to do. You don't know which way Mm -hmm. to turn. The old saying is a chicken with its head cut off. Mm. Just running around trying to do everything but not doing anything completely. Yep. So in those times in your life, that's your cue to stop, Mm -hmm. take a few deep breaths, close your eyes, imagine the roots coming out of the bottom of your feet, going deeper into the ground. Just doing that is having empathy and compassion for yourself Mm. because you're taking care of yourself first. Yeah. Right? Your own oxygen mask. Yeah. A couple of other ways to protect yourself is by using crystals. Um, I actually wear a bracelet, a black obsidian bracelet, always on my wrist from everything I've learned um, and everything I've read along the way that... For empaths especially, we have to protect ourselves, right? So we're getting what's called psychic attack coming at us at all times during the day. And I don't mean it in like a gargoyle kind of way or anything, but in a way of other people's negativity, Mm -hmm. people sucking the energy out of you, being Mm -hmm. energy vampires. Yeah. We might have to do another episode on that. I know. (laughs) Because it's so real. Yeah, it really is. You could be with a person just even for an hour and it's like they drain you of all the energy you have inside of you. Agreed. Yeah. So um, crystals and stones, like I said, I wear a black obsidian bracelet 24 7 I even wear it in the shower wow um and if you're thinking about energy um healing and receiving you receive on your left side and you give on your right side and so I wear my black obsidian bracelet on my left hand because that's the energy I'm receiving into my body oh I didn't know that I forgot that from Reiki class yeah So that's what I do. But, you know, you could have a black obsidian, a black tourmaline, or a smoky quartz. You could wear it as a pendant, earrings, on a bracelet, on a ring. You could just carry the stone in your pocket. Mm -hmm. You know, any place on you, you could put a stone in your bra. No one would know. Oh, I know somebody who does that. See? And she's, it fell out one time at a, at a yoga class. I was like, oh. That's hilarious. I'm like, she's like, oh. I'm like, oh, that's great. I think it's amazing, <laughs> right? But, and that's the thing is, it's not like you have to advertise, mm-hmm. I'm being protected by a crystal. Right, right, right. Nobody knows. Because it becomes such a she-she thing right now. It's so true. And I feel like, I feel like we need to get back to, to remembering these are just tools that it's us Mm -hmm. that it's our spirit it's how we do the work and these will help to magnify those things but it truly is us but it gives us intent to do that that's I mean personally that's why I feel I don't know how you feel about it but I think you might be the same I feel very similarly um, about it and what we have to remember is that stones and crystals come from the earth Mm. And it's scientifically proven that they have their own vibration. Each one has their own vibration. And so, you know, where some people might say, oh, she's into that woo-woo stuff. She uses crystals. Well, it's scientific. It's not woo-woo at all if you actually do research on it. Mm -hmm. And like you said. quartz and computers. That's what they use in a computer to get to move. Quartz crystals, watches. They all have piezoelectric ability when it's pressured 
it throws off an electric charge. They know that. Mm -hmm. I mean, so. So all of these stones and crystals have their own um, vibration. Mm -hmm. And what they do, once you start using them, is they don't change their vibration, your vibration changes. So it lifts or lowers your vibration to the vibration of the stone or the crystal and that's why it helps to soothe you and to calm you yeah. because stones like obsidian tourmaline they have a calming lower vibration yeah not in lower in a bad way just not so high as right. say an amethyst yes right right, right. yeah so another great crystal or stone um, however you want to say it is a red jasper so red jasper correlates with your root chakra and just very quickly for anybody who's listening and doesn't know the chakras, you have seven major chakras in your body. There are seven major energy centers and they each have a color. So if you think about the rainbow, it's Roy G. Biv, right? Mm -hmm. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Your root chakra is your base chakra and it correlates with red and so a red jasper is what you would use to keep yourself grounded to have a sense of safety and a sense of security so if you want to keep yourself protected keep yourself grounded keep yourself feeling safe and not taking on other people's stuff mm -hmm. red jasper is a great stone for that mm. I didn't even think about that yeah wearing red I was gonna I was just getting ready to say that. Yeah. And even if you don't have a red jasper, wear the color red mm. because just wearing the color or close your eyes and picture the color. Mm -hmm. You know, when I used to teach um, the kids mindfulness and meditation classes, mm. we went further on with the um, more advanced class and we learned about chakras. And so we got butcher block paper and they laid out in the hallway and traced each other oh, on their butcher neat. block paper. And they decorated, like, so they colored in their hair and gave themselves a face. And then each week we talked about a different chakra. And so we would do a chakra meditation where um, I would ground them and we'd start the meditation. And then I would have them picture things in their mind, like a red crayon. And then I would say, now take your red crayon in your mind and draw a circle. And now color in your circle with your red crayon. And the reason we did this is because it connected them with their root chakra. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so every week we would, do, and there were other things we did in that meditation, but yeah. that's just a really good one. But every week we would do a different chakra yeah. and talk about the colors. Yep. And that gets you in calmed too. Yeah. It gets you into that vibration. Exactly. So, and another stone that's fantastic for um, empaths is rhodonite because rhodonite is a great crystal for um, unconditional love and balance yep and so if you're thinking about your heart chakra those are the colors that you use for your heart chakra on the rainbow it's the green but pink is also a color for the heart chakra it's very healing so and the fourth one that i think is important to talk about um is green adventuring and that's actually what i wear on my thumb mm, it's I, a I green gonna, adventuring yeah. ring um, and green, like we said, is for the heart chakra and the adventuring balances and heals the heart chakra. So if you do take on someone else's stuff, 
the green adventurine is going to help you let go of it and heal your own heart and balance your own heart. So this is what I was going to tell people because I think it's important for people to understand is that um, empaths, meaning people who feel things a little too much, mm -hmm. um, learn to live with it. But the way they learn to live with it, because I remember you saying we, you have to decipher between what's your stuff and what's somebody else's stuff. And that's the thing is they have a hard time telling. Mm -hmm. Unless you have an extremely open and spiritual and and guided parent when you were younger who knew what that was and understood it and it came through the family, you wouldn't know how to separate those things. So I think it's important for anybody, we're just saying a caveat for empaths that are out there, if you feel things more so than most people do, then you especially will have to figure out what is actually your stuff and what is not your stuff. And that is the art of discernment. And what's most important, even more for empaths, is to do the work, do the meditation, do the um, uh, clearing, do the vibrational work, um, whatever it is to kind of clear your space because you, your art of discernment will get better once you do these things. That's the way I felt because as uh, someone who feels things a lot, and I know you do as well, mm -hmm. that you it gets very muddled and you can get overwhelmed, you can get depressed sometimes, you can get, um, and it, it's sometimes it's not you. And Well, that's true. And for, last week I told the story of my friend, remember, who um, I'll just give a brief overview in case anybody didn't hear last week's, but I told a story about a friend who um, had a friend who was depressed. Mm. So he oh, wanted yeah, to yeah. be here for his friend, yeah. but he started taking on all of his friend's stuff. Yeah. And so it did become a point where it was muddled, where he then became depressed mm. because he was taking on his friend's stuff yeah. and he had no discernment. He didn't understand or realize in that time because he didn't protect his energy. He didn't uh, balance himself that that wasn't his stuff that was making him depressed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, I always like to reiterate that. It made me think of it when you were talking about the heart and, you know, you feel that extra. But I just wanted to make that point clear that, um, you know, that's important. Don't feel like, why am I not able to get rid of stuff? Sometimes you're not able to because you got to do extra work. Well, that's right. And that's where your tools come in mm -hmm. as far as your crystals and your sage, mm -hmm. your therapist, if you yes. have one, yep. um, your good friend who is an active listener. Yeah. You know, because yep. that's important too, yep. um, is to make sure that you have tools in your toolbox. Yes. Because, you know, I have always been told I'm too sensitive. I always. Same. <laughs> right? I know. I think most empaths have always been told they're too sensitive. Yeah, yeah. We cry easily. Mm. Um, we're always a people pleaser. We want to make everybody happy. Mm. We want to solve other people's problems. We want to, yeah. if two people are fighting, you want to go in between and say, no, no, no. He said this because this is why, and he didn't mean it this way. Then run to the other person. Well, she said, mm. and you want to fix it for them, but you can't. Yeah. You can't take on other people's stuff and fix it for them. So I've always been the problem solver, the crier, the overly sensitive one. And what I learned when I started going on this journey 
is that that's my superpower. Yeah. My superpower is being sensitive. Yeah. In working with other people, Mm -hmm. in mediumship, Mm -hmm. you have to be sensitive in mediumship if you're going to do it, right? I mean, so in being an empath, Mm -hmm. the... The dark side, there's, we live in a dual universe. So mm-hmm. where there's light, there's dark. The dark side of being an empath is not using your discernment and not protecting yourself. Yes, right. Because I, I just think that the negativity just finds you. If you're right. like, if, if, I think sometimes people need others to help them with things. And empaths are there sometimes to know, oh gosh, this person's not feeling, but you also got to, learn that art of discernment that I'm, am I in a place where I can help this person? Am I feeling well enough where like, um, in a good spot? Yes, I'm good. But if you say, nope, nope, I, I, today, this is not a good day. You have to put up that, that barrier and disconnect and move, move along. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying is, is that you'll come across that. And sometimes, and I think sometimes in coming from a spiritual standpoint, that people who are down are searching out these empaths because, or searching out healers, and they right. don't even realize it. Whether it's somebody who's empathic or somebody who has certain abilities that they don't realize they're healers, but they might be just good. And I'm, ta- and I'm talking about healers that are like even woo what we consider woo woo healers, even though we could sit here and say all day we that person not. probably has something <laughs> that they don't realize yet. Right. And I think the ones that listen well, the ones that people go to and say, oh, for some reason, everybody always wants to go and talk to them and tell them stuff. Mm -hmm. There's something about that person, whether they realize it or not, that is, um, uh, makes them attractive to problems that are occurring. Even though that person's not negative, it could be a negative situation. And that person who is always the one that listens has to Put up a barrier sometimes and say no, not today. Or yes, I can do this. Don't worry, I'm going to help you. Just we're going to we're going to do it another time when I can regenerate. Absolutely, and that kind of thing. And that's what I mean by negativity. You, you and that's what you have to protect yourself about. And also, you know, I I I believe that you know we have to protect ourselves from negative. If negativity is within the body, it's going to be outside as well. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean, I had a friend call the other night and. Uh, I couldn't get to the phone and my daughter said, oh, did you call her back? And I said, no, honestly, I was practicing self-care because I wasn't in a place where I felt like talking on the phone last night. Yeah. And that's okay. Yes. My dad called once and I don't think he left, maybe he left a message. He must've left a message that said, I didn't need anything. I was just calling to check in. Yes. And I didn't call him back that day and then the next day I called him back I said I got your message but okay. I'm sorry but I honestly wasn't in the mood to talk on the phone yesterday and he was like no that's fine I didn't need anything wow but I think it's important a to speak your truth mm-hmm. and protect yourself if mm-hmm. you're not in that place where you can deal with um you know if someone comes to you with a problem or you can even deal with talking on the phone because right. sometimes that's a lot for you mm-hmm. practice self-care yeah. 
be empathetic and compassionate with yourself and take yeah. care of yourself first. Yes, and then that will come later with the other people. Mm -hmm. And one reason why, you know, someone might be the person that everyone goes to is because they're the person who knows how to hold space. Mm. So holding Very space good. is being physically present, but also mentally and emotionally present for someone. You're not trying to problem solve for them. You're just present to support them. So you're sitting with someone in a loving way with no judgment. Mm. You yes. have to, no oh. judgment. That is, amen, sister. <laughs> I think this is where we got to be with people is no judgment. Mm -hmm. Because what we think is going on never is what is going on. No. I think it's like... Unless we, there's something, you know, I don't know. It's just, yeah, you just got to be non-judgmental. Unless that person's being like, like really mean or something. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's different. different. But it's if someone different. comes to you yeah. and, you know, in a friend sort of capacity yes. and they just need to talk. Yes. Right. You know, there's that old saying, there's three sides to every story. Yes. His, hers, and the truth. Yes. So as the person holding space for the friend it's not your place to judge whether they're right or wrong you're sitting with your friend you're sitting with the person just so they can get it out mm -hmm. so you know we said we need to purge we need to get these things out mm -hmm. you're beyond blessed if you have a person who will hold space for you yes who won't judge you who won't try to problem solve mm -hmm. You know, I think that that's what a lot of people do. If you come to them with a problem, mm -hmm. they quickly hear what you have to say and then try to fix it. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you don't need someone to fix it. Right. You just need them to listen. To listen. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, and, you know, that involves being an active listener. Yep. So you have to, to be an active listener, you can't react. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can react in an empathetic sort of way, like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that happened to right. you, but not react as in, I'm so angry with that person and now I'm going to go and use my compassionate empathy yes. to, to put something, something into action. It. Yes. Exactly. Right. So yeah. no judgment, no reaction. Yeah. Active listening is just holding space. Yeah. You literally, you know, this is the way it, it took me a little while to understand active listening a long time ago. But if you think about being in a department store, a clothing store, mm -hmm. and there's a rack of clothing, if you take your hands in between two shirts and push all the shirts to the right and to the left, you have a big space there between all the shirts now. Mm -hmm. And that is the place for holding space. Yeah. So you remove all of <laughs> your junk from, from the left and the right. Yeah. And then you've just got that big open space where you and the other person are just sitting and you're listening in that space. Yeah. There's no, nothing else going on in that space except active listening. Yeah. You're not waiting for your turn to talk. Yeah. You're not fixing anything. You're just listening. And you're not participating in that person's little vortex of processing. You're just doing your own vortex of processing and letting them do theirs. You're not getting involved in theirs. Right. You know what I mean? Because I think that's, so from what I understand, um, I was just listening to this uh, um, man who does energy updates, and he was saying that that you have to be really careful. The everybody is doing their processing work, 
and even more so now it's very dramatic they said if you get involved in somebody else's little vortex of processing he said sometimes you can be karmically entangled with that person and he said you have to be very careful and I and I was like oh my gosh I never thought about that that you could be creating your own karmic entanglement with that person because you're trying to react you're trying to do for them and they said you need to hold your space and pay attention to what you have I mean your God only gave you your body and you and your emotions mm -hmm. to be responsible for not anybody else's um, even though you you have children you are technically always just responsible for yourself and if if that's enough work to do and you can listen to people and do whatever not not react and let them do theirs mm -hmm. so I think that might be a, a good lesson for people to understand that can you can be karmically entangled I wouldn't have even thought of it that way I know I was like wow that's a really great point yeah. well because if you react and now you're involved in a situation you do something to create action in the situation then that's what it does. It's going to tie it you until you, you right can into the vortex. Resolve that again. Oh, that and makes you're so be much stuck sense. Stuck with that, that resolving that, per, that whatever you believe in for the future. Personally, me, I believe you have to learn your lessons and you have to go through things that you, you, go through. Um, and even if it affects in the future for you, you might have some work you're going to have to do with that person later on if you get involved in what they're doing now. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, that's so true. That's, you know, it's also the saying of don't burn your bridges, mm -hmm. you know, because you don't know when you're going to have to cross that bridge again. It's true. That makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. Good way to end that. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> I love that. All right. So we did actually um, shuffle the cards um, to pick a card for the upcoming week. And the card that jumped out for us was communication. So the card meaning is communicate from your heart and speak your truth without hesitation. Be willing to stand before the crowd and share from your center. This isn't the time to be shy or hesitant, but to heal through communication. You're a natural teacher. Your soul wants you to know discretion is the better part of valor. However, sometimes it may be fear rather than discretion that keeps you from reaching out. Communication restores trust and allows you to clarify your ideas, position, and feelings. It can be healing when you share what has been withheld. Now is the time to take a risk and have the courage to speak with forthright clarity. Share the unspoken darkness that lays heavy in your heart. Even if you're afraid, declare your love for all to hear without fear of being rejected or misunderstood. When you do this, transformation and healing can occur. And the affirmation that goes with the communication card is, I communicate from my heart and love surrounds and protects me. Mm. And I think that goes in both directions, the mm -hmm. communication, because like we talked about being an active listener, um, I think that would be something great for everyone to do this week is one, reach out to someone that you're not communicating with and try to communicate something that's in your heart. Mm. It doesn't have to be anything huge that's going to start a fight or whatever, but just a little something that's going on yeah. and give it a try. Reach something out. Something that's compassionate. Something that's compassionate. Yeah. Reach out, communicate something that's in your heart with someone else mm. and see how it goes. And on the flip side of that, 
at least one time this week, try being an active listener and just holding space for someone. Mm. No judgment. If you catch yourself judging, try to pull back from it. Mm -hmm. Um, No trying to fix it Mm -hmm. because it's hard not to try to fix it, especially if it's your kids, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And um, what I would, I just lost my train of thought when you said that. Um, Oh, and remember to also do something compassionate for yourself. I love that. I think yes, important. Because no matter um, what you do, you have to take care of yourself first yeah. or you're no good to other people. Yep. Okay. So go on through your week. Take us with you. And no matter how your week goes, remember to always say, darling, so it goes. And remember to go with them. Have a great week. Good night.